This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Our mega podding is about to end. The, the, the end is nigh. I feel like I've been talking to you every single day, which hasn't been a bad thing, Joe. It's good to have you back. Yeah, it's a long time no speak, Rich. I'm sure for you the end is in sight at this point of what has been a very long week for Swindon, but we've got to get through Mansfield first. Yes, we do. And there's a press conference. But let's talk Bradford City, a quite entertaining game, especially that second half, a deserved point at the end. How did you find it? Yeah, it was good. I think um, from the general reaction, it seemed like Scott Lindsay, you know, even thinking, how does he need to win over the fans? It was, in fact, stop winning games and start drawing them. But no, it was was a very good performance. Second half, everything picked up. They created plenty of chances, some slightly sharper finishing from Jacob Wakeley, and that's three points. But in the end, it came down to the, the, uh, from Bradford's end, contentious penalty. (laughs) What did you think? I think he leans into it. Personally, yeah. I think it's kind of 50-50 whether it's a penalty or not. But I think there's a there's a definite lean towards the ball and it definitely hits the arm, even if it's into his body. It's so hard talking about a game immediately after it's the emotions, because you're just so happy that, that you've equalised. But I, I've, I was like, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it if it, if it happened to Swindon. But because of the... The scenario, no one would like it, whether it's a handball or not. It was, it was, you know, it was hard going on them. But yeah, I can see, I can see where you're saying there on the old lean. Man and match from the listeners that day, I had to do a count up after, so we couldn't discuss and appreciate Tom Clayton. A good game. 
Yeah, Tom Clayton, he's pretty consistent all the time. Kieran Brennan as well, coming in alongside him, did very well. So uh, good rearguard action as well as as well as doing better higher up the pitch. Mm. And are we going to talk about your prediction? Um, you know, I don't don't like to brag. Rich is the problem, but it was it was a dart straight up onto the bullseye. Yeah, I th- I, I think you know, there's audio proof that I agreed with you, but I just went pessimistic. Um, but that doesn't get the points, does it? You win. Yeah, no points for pessimism, only points for knowledge. And <laughs> I had it. I think that's the second time I've hit it dead on. Second in a row. Yeah. Well, it's the second. It's the second win you've had. But in terms of dead ons, yeah, I think there's another one in there. Maybe from one of the ones with Jr. Stevenage. I think you had Stevenage. Bang on. Oh, to lose two 0 Proud of yourself, are you? Uh, no, but um, it, it does continue my belief that I am very much of at least some sort of wizard. <laughs> wow, it's great to be talking to one. But let's talk about the presser for the game against Mansfield. Another tricky one, but Swindon don't mind a bit of a trickiness, it would seem. So let's go straight in because one of the big stories from midweek was that injury to F. BT, Mr. Fraser, Blake Tracy himself. How bad was it? What have they done to look after it? And do we have any idea how long he could be out for? Well, it, it don't look good. Um, aesthetically, that is. Um, he still thinks he can make the weekend. I, I think Scott Lindsay is a bit like, you're not playing this weekend. Um, but he, supposedly, FBT still thinks he can get into it. Um he essentially, apparently, his eyes almost out of its socket at the moment. It really doesn't look good. They've had a um, an eye specialist in. He usually works in boxing um, to have a look at it and do the sort of is it the painty type of thing that they do on the eyes to stop um, when boxers are in a fight. And it, he looked like um, someone who someone in AJ's corner would still be sounding brilliant AJ if that's what they looked like in the fight. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, it's it's he'll be out for this weekend, but I think he'll you know he's his eye is overall fine. He just needs to let it um, settle down so he doesn't like bleed out of it at the weekend and use up a sub that which would be the worst part of that. Images of Blake Tracy in in Ace Ventura style. I'm ready to go in, coach. You know, no, no, you're not. Please sit out of this. Yeah, we need you. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's it's good that he's willing to play, but I think uh, it will be Ellis Andro's slot at the weekend. Mm, yeah, um, lots of the chat about this and how it changed the game, really. Yeah, Scott Lindsay thinks, and he he said similar on Tuesday about how Swindon didn't really recover after the Blake Tracy had to come off from that point till half-time, Bradford were very much on top. So there was that. You don't know if that's necessarily the reason or it was a bit of a coincidence, but he, Scott Lindsay certainly felt from that point Bradford took hold of the game and they they struggled to get back into it until half-time and when they um, had a few chats about things and managed to switch it around. And then um, we spoke beforehand, didn't we, Rich, about him having a having hopefully having a drink with Mark Hughes after the fact that that did happen. He got to go into the bowels of the University of Bradford Stadium and have a have a good old drink with Mark Hughes. And um, they apparently both said that it was a it was a fantastic game that was largely above League Two level. 
which uh, he was very pleased to hear from someone at that level. Not bad for someone who didn't think about it before the game, was it? He, he was humbled. Yeah, he was he was humbled from someone he definitely didn't ask as soon as he arrived if they if he fancied a drink afterwards. <laughs> Fancy a pint? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh... <laughs> so um, the aerial ability of, of FBT also, um, there was a lot of FBT love here. Yeah, there's, it's fairly justified. He's quite good at football, Fraser Blake Tracy, but he is pretty important. In, um, we all saw that um, the stat stuff coming around about him a few weeks ago, how he wins uh, 74-odd percent of his aerial duels, which is pretty key for Swindon. He's not, he said himself he needs to score maybe from set pieces, but in terms of when balls come into Swindon or someone else or the opposition's box, he's usually on the end of it at both ends. So you lose that from the team. And I mean, Ellis Yandlo is fairly big, but I don't think he adds the same sort of uh, fearlessness in the air that that uh, Fraser Blake Tracy does. So we lose that, but um, just for the week. And I think Swindon should be able to adapt to it. And we'll talk about the loan element of FBT a bit later on with your questions, but they're keen on a permanent, aren't they? Yes, he said he would bite your hand off if he could get FBT in permanently in January. Um, he said he didn't really know how that would work. I think you would ask Brad Burton and they would say yes or no. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. He's, he was... Well, I think the issue here is they have a player. If, if, they've, if they've got a budget and they've got Ellis Iandolo fit... It kind of goes against what they've been doing this season. But because he's played so well, it would be daft not to, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, securing him and making sure he's a Swindon player for next season would be big. I think that there is that element that he becomes a free agent in the summer. And if you do have to pay a fee in January, how worthwhile is that when you already have him at the club? I think uh, that's probably for Sandro Di Michele and, and the board to discuss how financially invested they need to get in that to make sure he's a Swindon player next season and beyond but um you know if there is a there is a good value deal to be done then I think Swindon will definitely be interested yeah okay well let's talk about Mansfield Town as most would have predicted at the start of the season they are well up there they're in fourth uh, level on points with Swindon Town um just with a better goal difference and they're four points just like us off the top three they are managed as we all know by Nigel Clough and they have David Sharp as their chairman they've got it all sort of figured out behind the scenes it feels but they just fall on those last hurdles to get out of this division decent squads the starting lineup um, against Newport which was a nil-nil draw in midweek but Mansfield were down to 10 men for over half an hour of that. Christy Pym in goal, pretty good. Uh, Ollie Hawkins, they've got Ollie Clark, Hiram Boateng, Lucas Aikens has been around. Former Swindon Loney, Kellen Gordon's there. Jordan Bowery's there, John Joe O'Toole. So lots have been there, done that. Um, but in terms of their form, they haven't won in their last two. They had a really good spell between early September and mid-October. But they have dipped a little bit, having lost away at Crawley and drawn at home, as I discussed there, or mentioned there, against Newport County. What was said about Mansfield Town? Yeah, Mansfield, obviously the other side who lost to that club in the playoffs last season, although rather ironically, Swindon put up the better fight. Oh, um, didn't they? Oh, dear. And then, um, but yeah, it's um, on, on Mansfield specifically. They're, you know, they're managed by Cluffy, who, uh, but not that one. 
Um, so, but he is not. St- still still pretty experienced guy though, Nigel Clough. Um, so, <laughs> so. I'm still pretty experienced guy over a thousand three hundred games managed. Yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's a level of experience there. He's um, all right, any he? you know, he's 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 had a bit of a career, I guess you could say. Um, he was he was ever in his dad's shadow is what you're saying, isn't he? <laughs> um, it's a, his brother works for him at Mansfield as well, I believe. I forget his first name. Degrading, yeah. But you know, if you're just going to be a director of football, then what are you going to what are you going to expect? But um, he was he was very wary of their form because I think they've had some injuries and illnesses and suspensions and such lately that contributed to their last two results. So um, Lindsay definitely uh, not not getting too ahead of himself on playing Mansfield at this point, even if they're in a bit of a downward trajectory at the moment. And apparently, I think Andrew Hawes came up the stat they won they've lost one home match in the last year. So uh, going to the one call is no mean feat, even with even with them. Playing not so good at the moment. Mm. Scott Lindsay was asked about freshness because, well, it was a it was a long day and a long way back, I imagine, for the club um, over the last few days. Definitely sounded suboptimal with what the players have been through <laughs> in the last few days. It said um, by the time they would have been actually in their beds, which is you know an expectation of Lindsay's, that they would it would have been about five a.m. Wednesday morning from when they got back from Bradford. Uh, they had a full day off yesterday, obviously. It would be a bit mean to get them in at 8am or something uh, the next day. but they And then today they moved the session back, actually, and that's why our press conference was a little bit later on in the day than it normally is. And they had a bit of a light session with that. So they're taking it in a fairly cautious manner. They've been, you know, they're still getting their work done on what they need to do against Mansfield, but they're making sure that the players are fresh and ready to go come three o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, there was an acknowledgement of the the fact that was we all expected there would be rotation in this game. I think it was quite bold, to be honest. I, I, I thought they would do that for Hartlepool, but they did it for a stronger team. It just about worked, but considering Baudry was ill and and Darcy and Jeff got got the got a few got an hour off, it seemed to work well. Yeah, I think the the rotation was good. I think there was with players like Baudry, the idea is probably if he plays Matt against Hartlepool and Mansfield, then he gets to play two games rather than one, maybe. Would, would have been the idea there, but he was obviously unable to play for other reasons. Um, so they got the rotation in. You know, Aguiar didn't have the greatest game, but I think you'd be. I would have been surprised if he didn't come in because he was the next man up after Ronan Darcy in that position. So I think the ro- he made the rotations he needed to. They they still got the result and they can come into this game a bit fresher with some of the players who needed the rest more than others. They asked, well, there was a question asked to Scott Lindsay, what can be learned from Tuesday? Uh, he got nothing from it. Uh, <laughs> he, he, what he did learn was something they can use when they play Bradford next time around, which I don't know specifically when that is. And I'm not going to look it up. But um, they, even though Mansfield are another up there type side, he doesn't think there's necessarily anything uh, to be gained from or taken over from Bradford into this game because every team is different. They're like Bill's lovely snowflakes. Oh, that's nice. Um, hmm. Changing perceptions. When you read this, <laughs> it looks a bit narky, doesn't it? But he was asked about changing perceptions and, well, again, a very blunt response. Bonky. He's, um, he's, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't really mind what people think of his team. He, he thinks the team's good, the players... 
think they're pretty good. Mark Hughes thinks they're good, and that's that's really the main one. But um, as I said, it, it felt like the perceptions were a lot better um, after they failed to win a game, which was interesting. Wasn't that funny? It was. It did. It did feel like a win on on Tuesday night, and the reaction. I've seen people taking selfies of themselves in the ground, like like we did what we did last season and winning the last minute. It was a good point. It was a well deserved point. It was a good half, and we deserved it. But a very very strong reaction, and especially given how apparently bleak many fans were at halftime. Yeah, there was there was the it was really negative at halftime, which I think maybe that such juxtaposition made it so the second half seemed seemed better and I think there was yeah, people saying that it was the best performance of the season or what have you, but you play that well and they they still only scored one goal and it was a rebound from a penalty, so probably still those same issues. But um yeah, with 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 this on Scott Lindsay, he was saying that the players maybe getting a bit linked into it as well because they he keeps trying to tell them how good they are and build their own perceptions of themselves because maybe in the camp they are slightly lower than he thinks they should be on the team. It, it works both ways, doesn't it? So when when you know we're getting these last gas win- winners or equalizers, it's brilliant. But it felt like fans of other clubs were acknowledging our confidence nearer to the end of last season, and when when we fell at that hurdle, we felt the full force of it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't get I because it involves looking at other teams' reactions to things. I always find that a strange preoccupation with opposition fans. I know our fans do it as well, and it's you know it's it's weird on both ends, really. Um, you know, I, I saw some of it from Bradford where someone said that we were why did they have to play really small clubs like Swindon, which was an interesting take. But um, you know, it's just a bit it's just a bit of a strange thing to do, really, looking at what other teams think about themselves, just. Just get on with it, really. Yeah, Bradford were interesting during the Owen Doyle saga, weren't they? And a lot of what we're talking about at the moment means absolutely nothing to the football club. They're just going to keep doing their thing and ignoring the noise. Oh, yeah, it's got absolutely nothing to do with Swindon. As, as Scott Lindsay said, he, he's not paying any attention to it, although he, he almost certainly is. Um, you know, they've they've got to got keep focused on what they're doing, got to keep their spirits high, which we keep being told that they are. And um, keep moving forwards and hopefully we can go and beat Mansfield. Can't doubt that they're not high on confidence at the moment just by the reaction of the equaliser. Yeah, it was it was a celebrate. I was obviously it's a late goal, so that those are big flashpoints anyway, but it was a real sort of together celebration from the whole team. And you can see how happy they are with the way that they're playing and you know, when when we speak to players there's always that same belief and I can I know because I had to tell them to shut up before we spoke to Scott Lindsay, but there was there was a lot of laughing and joking in the rooms adjoining the press room. Yeah, you've already covered the fact that the question was, is this a good time to play Mansfield? And and Lindsay doesn't see it. Do you? Um, well, it's it's one of those where it basically means nothing, but it's you can it's always one of a, a reverse engineering opportunity where you know always either they were they were primed to get a result because they hadn't got one in a few games and they're a good team or they are suffering a slump and you go in there and get a win. I, I will answer that question at 5.05 on Saturday if, if it's all the same to you. Sure thing, Gaffer. Oh, sorry, Joe. <laughs> on the fence you go. Saidu Khan was discussed 
here. What do you think the motives of this? Is this a sneaky, let's talk about Reed situation? Or um, was it pretty much based around Khan? Well, it was prefaced by, I promise you, this isn't a Louis Reed question. It did become a Louis Reed answer, of course. <laughs> but, um, so, but Johnny didn't mean it that way. Uh, he specifically said it's not about Reed, it's about Khan, who is playing in <laughs> Reed's position. Wait a minute. Um, no, but he was he was talking about what Khan gives to the team, and um, and as I say, it turned into a read answer, and it became a um, you know the differences between the two and why Khan is succeeding at the moment. In that Swindon create a lot of chances through the way that Khan plays when he receives the ball off the back of off the defenders, drives through the press, and gets Swindon higher up the pitch and gives them space to play into that way. Whereas Louis Reed would be you know taking off and doing his unbelievable range of passing stuff so it was it was just talking about how he thinks Khan is playing sort of out of his skin at the moment it's very difficult to leave him out and you know, I think Johnny was asking potentially playing Khan a bit higher but he thinks that 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 can stifle Khan a little bit because you have less space to run into if you're playing if you start higher up the pitch it's really just maths and um and how you know, him being in that bit deeper role lets him drive Swindon up the pitch a bit quicker than than he would otherwise be able to do. What's your thoughts on Khan? Do you think he's playing out of his skin? And if he is, do you think that's enough? Do you, uh, he's got a lot of fans, but I've, I've, I read and hear a lot of people that, that suggest he flatters to deceive. What do you think? I like Khan, but I just don't think he's a holding midfielder. I, I, I think it what the way Swindon are playing at the moment certainly we're playing against Hartlepool, is you have Khan, but because his passing is a bit limited, he can play quick, short passes and things, but a lot of the time you see him, you can see a pass out to a fullback on the far side of the field, and he just either doesn't see it or doesn't play it. And so you have to drop Gladwin in, and so he, and then you have another pass, and then you can play it. But if you just had Reed, then he could do it, and you could have players higher up the pitch to receive the ball once you've got the ball out. And I think certainly against Hartlepool, we saw that when Khan was allowed to be a bit more dynamic, closer to goal, he was creating chances. So I, I like Khan. I just not I'm not sold on him as a holding midfielder personally. Yeah, and, and for you so far this season, who are the real standouts? Um, well, I, I think you have to put Tom Clayton, Sol Brin, number one and number two. I've been I've been thinking about this for a while, and I genuinely believe that Sol Brin is probably second to. Where's Fodringham in terms of goalkeepers I've seen play for Swindon? I I think, you know, I think I would put him above Stephen Bender, Lawrence Figaro, uh, Petter Brezavan, who I will always mention because I love him, um, and, and those types. I, I think the way he's playing, and the completeness to his game puts him to that level. And then I think in recent weeks, we're seeing a lot more of Romeo, out of Romeo Hutton, but I think that's certainly more of a last two or three games kind of thing, maybe than the whole season. And then I think everyone's been impressed by Jacob Wakeling as well. So probably those four, I would say, have been the most impressive. Oh, I can't believe I forgot Gladwin. What am I doing? Gladwin was Gladwin's top of the list. Mm, Of course he is. And I've read a comment out in the last pod about just like his fitness levels so far this season have been incredible, but just his long balls, well, long balls, that's not fair, his long passes um, and and some of the vision that he's been showing this season has just gone a long way for this side. Yeah, definitely. I think he def- does cushion the blow of, blow is, is a deliberate decision, but not having Reed in the team because Gladwin can do it too. 
and you know, the way he can switch play and dictate has been just phenomenal to watch. He's he's really playing at his 2014-15 levels once again, and it's it's great to see because. I imagine for quite a long time people thought Gladwin would never get back to that. Yeah, the, the one thing he's not doing really in comparison to that great season is shooting or taking penalties, it would appear. Yeah, he's, he doesn't appear to be on those. It'd be nice for him to get a few shots off, but it appears that the idea is that Ronan Darcy takes all the shots and then we see what happens. So <laughs> so uh, uh, maybe Gladwin will be able to wangle a few more in, in some team meetings. Oh, we'll see, we'll see. Let's get to your questions because some of the stuff we talked about goes quite well with them shall we press play woohoo uh, this is going to go around the house a little bit so there we um you uh, after tuesday you've now got the highest xg allowed in the league so that's an interesting stat that doesn't tell you too much so i went and watched every goal you've conceded to see what was there and a lot of them conceded in transitions turnovers counterattacks, that sort of thing Obviously, that's normal for a possession-based side, but are you happy with your rest defence at the moment? Am I happy with? Your rest defence? My rest defence? The, um, the way, you, when you've got the ball, how you're set up to defend if you lose it. Um, yeah, I think there's always areas to improve um, in every aspect of our game. I feel that we, we are always looking to play. So my centre-halves are always in position if we ever have to come back out and play with depth. They're always in a position to receive the ball. Um, are they always in a position to defend if it turns over? Yes. A lot of times, yes. Sometimes, no. Um, but that can be due to movement off the opposition or um, willingness to come into a little pocket and and we switch off a little bit and not lock in, certainly. Um, I think there's been times when that's happened. Um, but no, in general, I think we've been okay. And then Michael Carrick's been pointed at Middlesbrough. Now, two of your lone players have had manager changes to their parent clubs. Is there any worry of that changing things in January with them being here? I think there's always a worry. Um, I think there's always a worry with lone players being called back in January, no matter whether they've had a managerial change or not, especially if they're doing well. Um, you know, and, and our lone players have done well. So, you know, I think that's always kind of on your mind that you, you're thinking that that may happen. You, you know, touch wood, it doesn't. Um, for us, selfishly, for us, I, th- I think that... Um, and for them, really, because they're playing, they're playing week in, week out. You know, some of them, especially, have, have played a lot of football. Um, so it'd be good for them to stay as well. And then lastly... Have asked me about Marcel Lavinia. He's been out of the squad in recent weeks. Played well at Bristol Rovers. Will we see him soon? Yeah, I'm hoping so. Marcel's been really unlucky with we've been left out of the squad, and it's um, it's mainly due to his position, really, more than anything. Because um, I felt I felt that because of our kind of not, not I won't say lack of goals, but the fact that we want to score more goals. Um, we need attacking options on the bench more so than defensive options on the bench. Um, we see Marcel as a real kind of attacking right back, like very, very similar to, to Hutton. <clears throat> Excuse me. Very similar to, to, to the way Hutton plays. Um, but all the time Hutton is playing the way he's playing, it, it's very difficult um, you know, to bring him off the pitch and to make a change. So we feel that, is it a wasted spot on the bench? Possibly. But having said that, if Hutton was to, to get injured, he would come straight in. 
Um, you know, he's just unlucky. You know, he got injured and Hutz come in and did exceptionally well, and he's still doing exceptionally well. And, and that's football. Sometimes you've got to be patient and, and bide your time. He's been brilliant in training. He's shown a really good attitude. And as much as he wants to play, sometimes you've got to kind of wait. Um, and then, you know, when your moment does come, make sure that you you take it with both hands and stay in the team. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. So we'll start with transition. It's not a phrase he'd heard of. Well, not transition, but the terminology he used. No, he hadn't heard of rest defence, which um, actually this is once again uh, cross promo uh, from an article that I wrote this week about um, Swindon's, what's going wrong in Swindon's defending, uh, which you should read because I worked hard on it. I think it's read reasonably good. But um, it's it, rest defence is just uh, how you stop the team, uh, the opposition attacking when you have the ball were it to turn over. So where players are positioned on the field and how they can impact if their if their opposition were to then re- win the ball back. So he hadn't heard that, but it was it was uh, as we've said before. It's it's always interesting to hear football managers and players talk talk about football a bit. So it's I I wanted to hear about that and hear his thoughts on on the way that Swindon were defending because. From from what I looked through in watching back every goal Swindon conceded, there was a clear pattern in in conceding goals in wide areas from transition over the last few weeks. Were you, were you happy with the the depth that he gave you? Did he give you the the sort of explanation you were hoping for? Generally speaking, yes. I think there was. I don't want to say defensiveness because I don't think that's that's what it was, but no, the rejection of the idea that there is. There was maybe a, a slight flaw in the way that Swindon were playing when it came to defending. I, I think it was, I think it was fair and justified because he believes in his system. As I said, you know, you can't cover the whole in the article. You can't cover the whole pitch um, when you're playing. So there's always going to be areas of weakness. Um, so I, I was happy with it. It's it's something that I think definitely they need to look at because that's where the goals are coming from. But. I, I was happy with how he answered the question. Yeah, and this is your pod, Joe. You promote what you want, uh, and I, I very much will and have been. Um, next question, good one. Lone players. It's we're getting to the build up to that season now. So traditionally in press conferences, it's around about November when we start talking about the window reopening and what's happening. And you cited that managers have been changing. Some of those managers uh, <laughs> belong to clubs that we have players. Um, loan from Burton, Middlesbrough, um, and his his response didn't really soothe my soul, but it was absolutely accurate. There is nothing we can do, is there? So we might as well just deal with it when it comes. Yeah, I, I jumped the gun by a handful of days on the transfer talk, but obviously uh, most known for having played for Swindon, Michael Carrick was appointed this week. And of course, Burton are now um, bossed by scariest man in football, Dino Mamria. So um, there, there was there was method to the Magnus in that regard, and yeah, it, it's it's one of those realistic answers. You're like, bloody hell, is that true? But I mean, they Swindon know better than probably most clubs that there's not a lot you can do with loan players if someone decides they want them recalled. I would be surprised. I would not be surprised if Burton had some interest in looking at players to break Tracy again because he's excellent and they're not. But um, I, I was speaking with my brother about this um, uh, earlier this week uh, when Carrick had been appointed and apparently Middlesbrough have quite a few lone goalkeepers at the moment playing higher than Swindon. So 
hopefully Solbrin should be safe. Yeah, they've got Joe Lumley out on loan elsewhere, who's got plenty of experience at higher level. But I still think, even taking off my Swindon Town bias, Solbrin is doing so well at Swindon, it would be naive to just jeopardise that by either recalling him to sit on the bench at Riverside or send him to a League One club where it might not go as well and, and the environment not he might not thrive in the environment. You know, it's all well and good going from, look at Kessler Hayden last season, look at Barry this season, um, where they've gone up a level and it's not worked as well as it had at Swindon. So that's what I'm clinging on to. Blake Tracy, however, I can definitely see an Owen Doyle situation where they bring him back, have a look at him and then and then either sell him to us or uh, or loan him back out. Yeah, I, well, I've spoken to Blake Tracy and he talked about his his experiences at Burton before. I think he, he, he was fairly negative on it, although a lot of that was directed without naming him at Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. So potentially the change of manager might change things for him. But yeah, I think Owen Doyle is probably a pretty good comparison that he's playing so well and is so liked at Swindon that you would hope that he would be um, not incredibly happy to have to go back to Burton. Blake Tracy was born in the mid-90s, so I don't think it will hit as hard as it would for me if I didn't like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank professionally. I would be gutted if <laughs> if I didn't get on with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Yeah, I can't say I have that exact same view of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank having having been born in this century. How would you feel if Peter Brezovan didn't like you? Um, I would be mortified if Peter Brezovan didn't like me. Exactly. I would I would learn Slovakian. I would do whatever it took to make sure he liked me. Take art lessons. I think he's quite the artist, isn't he? Yeah, well, I, I, I would do whatever it took to make, to make sure that, that that wasn't the case for very long. I'd like a list, please, of things you're willing to do for Peter Brezovan. There ain't no mountain mind. high enough to keep me from getting Peter Bresman to like me. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. That's adorable. Okay, the last question was about Marcel Lavinia. Um, he hasn't been in the squad recently, played um, against Bristol Rovers in the Checker Trade Papa John's Trophy. I will get it right one day by the time they change sponsors again. And then he fell out of the squad outright. A bit weird that he's... Very much in the eleven if Hutton isn't playing, but not even on the bench if he is. It must be quite frustrating, but his time will come. Yeah, definitely. This was a very popular question for people this this afternoon. Apparently, it was the only thing people wanted me to ask about was Marcel Lavinia, um, which is is good news for Marcel Lavinia amongst the fans, I suppose. But yeah, it's a bit it's a bit strange. I understand the logic of wanting more forwards on the bench when so it's essentially Morgan Roberts is being picked ahead of Lavinia. So. There is there is that logic that you just want more forwards. I would imagine he comes straight back onto it, given that Fraser Blake Tracy will most likely not be involved this weekend, so he should be here this weekend. But um, you know, he's just seemingly got to, I don't know, set up some mouse traps in Romeo Hutton's locker. I don't know, do something to get him injured. Yeah, well, Brandon Ormond Ottawa is no longer a free agent, is he? So we can uh, draft in any other options. Um, he's gone to Hungary to play for Pushkas Academia. Nice, awesome. He, that guy's had a great career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's very much going around the houses. Netherlands now to Hungary. Where next? All this to join Forest Green Rovers when they're back in League Two on a one-year contract. Oh, football man. <laughs> I mean, I would personally rather continue playing for Pushkas Academia, but 
you know, if if you want to live in Nailsworth. <laughs> I just wanted to just give you that tangent of what's Brandon up to, but that's where he well, is. Well, I was very happy to learn what Brandon was up to. Good. Now it's time to learn what Ricky Aguilar thinks about football at the moment. So back to the generic, wasn't it, uh, with, with Ricky? Yeah, um, I, I would have to listen back through it, but if we put on a sort of a uh, number of times he said the word training counter, it, it would get quite high by the end of what was, I think, about a five-minute interview. Yeah, I kind of want a Ricky Aguilar gif of, if I speak, I'm in big trouble, um, because he was asked about his red card at Bristol Rovers, and that's pretty much what he gave us. Yeah, it was it, he was refusing 100% to speak about it. I did actually see it right before he walked in um, to the meeting room. He was, Scott Lindsay was with him. And he isn't usually with the players when they're coming to do the press. I don't know if, if that means anything, but it was he was very, very not willing to go on about the red card, which, as uh, Andrew Hawes intimated, probably tells you all you need to know. <laughs> exactly right. So what did we learn about Ricky Aguilar before we get to your quick question? Uh, he's, you know, he's really enjoying the training this season. He feels like he's a... Uh, improving on his game uh he, he likes training um mostly training uh yeah it was and, and my question is also about training so um uh, big fun i would rather it was just like a what else can i talk about if i'm not playing that much i'd love that to be just like a nice little dig uh <laughs> harry mccurdy would certainly do it he definitely would and really if aguiar learned nothing else from mccurdy it should have been that <laughs> well, let's let's get your quick question. Yeah, just a quick one last. When we spoke in Scotland in the past, you said you've had discussions that you were really close to the team, close to getting into it. Do you feel like you really are improving this season? Yeah, no, definitely. I think training has been been probably the the biggest thing for me this this season, with the help help of the coaches and stuff like that. I think just got to keep working on what I need to work on, and then yeah, it'll come. Thank you very much. So there we go. Yes, he does feel like he's close to the team. Yeah, I realised straight afterwards, and it was straight after I turned the recording off, I should have asked him about his Twitter stan account, but that's on me, guys. I apologise for not getting that. What is this account? Have you not seen the the person on Twitter who loves Ricky Aguiar and just sort of talks about them a lot? And not not in not in the Martin Crook I love you Harry McCurdy sense. Not not quite. It's just a, a very Aguiar heavy Twitter account. And um, I also saw someone at Stevenage holding the Portugal flag and speak to him during half time. So it might be the same person. Well, if Lavinia is not playing, then you can just turn to Aguiar with the Portugal flag, can't you? I suppose yes. Um, it, it would be even better if, as I was I was told when he signed before I'd actually seen the announcement that his name was Rodrigo Aguiar, which I much preferred. And and I'm still, in many ways, still mad at Aguiar for not being called Rodrigo. And I know that's not his fault, but I am still annoyed at him. No, there's been a few players over the years where you kind of think, uh, oh, go with, go by your name, go by your name, sir. But um, no, any chance of going to the World Cup for him and Lavinia with Portugal? No. I mean, outside chance. It depends if Ronaldo refuses to stay on the bench this time. Yeah, it's this it's this top flight bias that they have, isn't it? By the only select players from the top leagues. Yeah. Pathetic. That we've got Portuguese bench warmers too. Well, oh, well, yes, not we in do. One, case. Well, yeah, one can get on. Um, there we go. Some nonsense there to close the pod. Let's go with. I'm going to let you as as you. Got it right last time. I'm going to let you predict first. 
I've got I've got draw in my head, but I'm not going to give you what kind of draw. What have you got? Well, I'm not going to copy you then, Rich. I will go for 1-0 to Swindon. Wow. Yes, and euphoria afterwards, and that just gives me the 1-1 draw, which I'm going to take. <laughs> There's no science to this, and certainly no maths. Well, you're just following around what the last score was. Trying to, you're trying to chase your losses. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. There we go. Is there anything else we need to cover before we watch Swindon play Mansfield? I shouldn't have thought so. Uh, up the swing. Come on, you Reds. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.